What's happening, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to another episode of Caffeinate. Today, for September the 26th, my name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well, and I will say that it's raining outside in a very heavy way. Uh, we have a lot of thunder, a lot of lightning going on, but I should be able to get the show in before anything bad really does happen. We'll go ahead and cross our fingers for that one. But for those that might be new to the show, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry, and today, as you can see by the thumbnail and the title does mark a big piece of news because essentially the console wars are beginning to end that's right we don't have any more of that ps4 versus xbox one kind of thing necessarily we'll see what happens you know we'll 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 go ahead and and go and temper our expectations right out of the gate because you're still going to have that kind of stuff going on however we have a pretty cool forward motion when it comes to solving that issue On top of that, Fallout 76 is not going to be participating in that. Just giving you a rundown of the rest of the stories for today. Uh, PS4 users get a select amount of time before everybody else gets some Red Dead Redemption 2 content. And on top of that, we have a number of gigs you're going to need to free up on your system if you do want to play Rockstar's newest game. PlayStation Plus games for October have been announced as well. Oculus Quest, a brand new headset from Oculus, is coming out as well. Castlevania games are coming to the PS4 Excuse me, after we saw some rumors earlier on in the week. On top of that, The Walking Dead's uh, final season, which of course is the Telltale game, is still up in the air, but we have a couple of new pieces of news about that whole situation from Telltale to The Walking Dead. And I have a freebie for you guys. Not something I necessarily gave you, but something that I do want to tell you about, just in case you do want to take advantage of it. Uh, So before we even jump into it, everybody watching live, I appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoy the show. And again, it is hosted right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media every single weekday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And it is always going to be a pretty good time. But I see that Decky says, yo, ho, ho, I'm watching in a blackout. Oh, God, that sounds really bad. Best of luck to you on that lack of power. Uh, but without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the news of the day, which starting off, we have PS4 owners can now play online with Xbox One, Switch, PC, and mobile players, starting with Fortnite. So I want to go ahead and highlight the fact that this isn't something that is exclusive to Fortnite. This is actually the beginning of being able to play with everybody everywhere. That's awesome. Uh, that's something that I kind of wanted to highlight because it seemed like a lot of outlets right at the beginning of the story breaking were kind of overlooking that. They were like, Fortnite is getting crossplay, which it is, but this is much bigger than just that specific game. So, according to VG247, which, of course, is just one of many outlets reporting on the story, Sony Interactive Entertainment president John Codera has announced a major change in the company's policy regarding cross-platform multiplayer on PlayStation 4. Starting today, Fortnite players will be able to use their PS4 accounts on PC, Xbox One, Switch, as well as Android and iOS. This is an open beta launch for the feature available to all players, and it comes with on the one-year anniversary of the Battle Royale mode's launch. Pretty neat stuff there. I will say that I do support this 100%. If you fancy giving it a whirl yourself, we've also put together a Fortnite crossplay guide on how to get it working again over from the guys at VG247. In effect, this means Fortnite players will be able to carry progress, items purchased, and all stats across every platform Fortnite is available on. Previously, PS4 players were locked from using their accounts on Switch or the Xbox One. Setting aside any technical challenges that might arise during the beta, Kodera said that this process is just getting started. With that said, he promised to update the community on exactly what that means for other games in the future. 
Twitter. Quote, today, the communities around some games have evolved to the point where cross-platform experiences add significant value to players, Codera said. In recognition of this, we have completed a thorough analysis of the business mechanics required to ensure that the PlayStation experience for our users remains intact today and in the future as we look to open up the platform. This represents a major policy change for SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and we are now in the planning process across the organization to support this change. So overall, the beta does not yet have an end date, but that's bound to get a lot of use when Season 6 of Fortnite does start tomorrow, which is going to be a very big news story uh, for everybody that is a fan of Fortnite. But it's no secret that Sony has caught a lot of flag for being the only holdout against cross-platform multiplayer. The company was called out by fans and competitors on multiple occasions until Sony Interactive Entertainment America CEO Sean Layton revealed in June that a solution was in the works, which we talked about on an episode of Cabinate way back in the day. And by that, I mean in June. Though Fortnite is unquestionably the most popular game right now, and certainly one whose player base has been applied the most pressure, there is a lot we still don't know about this policy change and what it means for other smaller games, such as, for instance, Rocket League. But that's just my two cents on that one. But hopefully we won't have to wait long to learn more. And so essentially what you have here is that Sony is finally wising up to the fact that if you want to be the best place to play, you also have to be open in 2018. Because it's no longer about everybody plays on PlayStation, station and it's no longer about everybody plays on xbox one it's about getting everybody to be able to play the games and really be able to prove that you are in fact the best place to play because you are able to play games on that specific console with your friends uh that's just my two cents on that as well but of course, this has been something that is much uh, of an age-old uh, kind of issue that we've had because I remember back whenever I was first looking into getting either an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3. And whenever that was the kind of issue at hand, you really did have the discussion around, well, where do my friends play, number one? Because I want to be able to play with my friends on top of that, which one is the more powerful console? And on top of that, exclusives and stuff like that. But we're inching ever closer to just having the divide between consoles based on what games are exclusive to that specific console. And that's really the way that it should be. I believe that there is a healthy competition that can be had between the guys from Microsoft and at Sony and also Nintendo if you want to go ahead and throw them into the name or the, their name into the hat, so to speak. And of course, that's something that is healthy for the industry. However, uh, to just divide players for no specific reason when other people are actually doing cross-platform play is something that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so again, we'll have to see what happens with the other games that are supposed to get support somewhere down the line. I know that Rocket League has been discussed. Of course, the developers behind Rocket League have no thing, nothing to say right now. They have redirected people to ask questions to Sony directly. Uh, but when it comes to Fallout 76, which is our second story of the day, it is not going to be supporting crossplay as confirmed by Bethesda, which I thought was a pretty significant story if I do say so myself. But Fallout 76 does not support crossplay, Bethesda has confirmed. Bethesda marketing chief Pete Hines tweeted to say, The upcoming multiplayer post-apocalyptic PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One game will not support the feature. Well done, Sony, Pete Hines says before going into his second tweet, which says, Folks, chill. I work with a lot of devs and games for whom this is important going forward. Fallout 76 does not support crossplay for a number of reasons. I have no idea if it ever will, but I assure you it is not on our radar right now as we focus on the BETA, the beta, and launch. Heinz tweet comes just a few hours after Sony announced crossplay between PS4 and rival consoles, the Nintendo Switch and Xbox One for Fortnite, with more games to be added later. Heinz had expressed concern about Sony's position on crossplay, but more in relation to card game The Elder Scrolls Legends than Fallout 76. It's way more pertinent to Legends, Heinz told Eurogamer at QuakeCon 2018. 
Fallout 76, sure, it would be nice if I could play on my Xbox and my kid is playing on his PC and we can play together. But if we can't, okay, there's a lot of games. I play Overwatch on Xbox and he plays on PC separately and has a whole separate account. It's not critical. But for Legends, it's absolutely critical. He said both crossplay, which is now Legends work right now, excuse me, both crossplay, which is how Legends works right now on every device, you're playing against somebody who could be on any device, and more importantly, cross-platform progression, which means no matter what you do on any platform, you load up the game, and so long as you're logged in here is all of your progression here is everything you had everything you were doing if you were in the middle of a match on pc and i flipped that he gestures at my laptop closed while you're in the middle of a match and you load it up on your phone you will be right back in the match where you were that is a must for us on any platform if we have to start segmenting our audience to say folks on this platform can only play folks on that platform or any progress you make on that platform can't be there then man that's a bad situation now that Sony has confirmed crossplay for Fortnite PS4, many are wondering whether other games will soon get the feature. Jeremy Dunham, VP of Publishing at Psionic Studios, pointed to Rocket League, uh, or excuse me, pointed Rocket League fans to Sony, and he says on Twitter, and I quote, "We're really happy for the PlayStation and Fortnite communities. It's a great step forward. We know that our own Rocket League community wants to know what this means for them, but we don't have any updates at the moment. In the meantime, we recommend reaching out to Sony for comment." So, that's pretty much where the story ends right now. Unfortunately, we do have no really conclusive evidence that any other game that is going to be a significant launch for the majority of 2018, or the remainder of 2018, is going to get cross-play right out of the gate. Of course, tons of people would love to see this for Battlefield, for Call of Duty, for, of course, Fallout 76, even the Elder Scrolls Legends, tons of other games that people would love to see this feature come to. But at the moment, it just doesn't look like it's going to be at the cards. Of course, we have in the chat, ESO doesn't support cross-play either. It's probably a way to keep their mega servers easier to manage. We have a lot of back-end stuff here that we don't really know about and we don't think about because for us we really do just consider the fact that we want to be able to play with our friends and I say this as somebody who normally thinks in that kind of way just because that's what is important to me However, when it comes to the back end of stuff, I mean, there's a reason that we can't change our names on the PlayStation Network. There's a reason that it has taken this long to get crossplay to work on the PlayStation 4. And I would say, kind of tying in both these uh, stories together, the first one and the second one, without Fortnite, I don't think this would have ever come to a, an actual you know realization that a change needed to be made and it certainly wouldn't have come uh, to a change that is actually made. I don't think that any other kind of situation would have lended itself to have this kind of impact on the industry because it's always been as I said before Xbox versus PlayStation but the fact that 73 million people logged in and played Fortnite over the course of August that's something that simply can't be ignored. You can't turn a blind eye to that and say this is nothing you know we need to just wait for this trend to die down. This is massive and of course Sony are Already missed out on a lot of the boat when it comes to Minecraft and so with this game kind of gaining that same traction you've got to jump on the board whenever you can or jump on the boat whenever you can whatever kind of vessel you might be riding you got to jump on it because it's leaving the station and you need to be on it when it does leave and so that's essentially what I think Sony is doing uh, but of course Geronimo in the chat the host of a Destiny podcast found on Anchor says I'd like to see cross-platform on Destiny but considering the exclusive content I don't know if that's going to happen again a lot of logistics here that we don't really know what's going to be going on because you do have specific situations for specific games and again every community could benefit from having this as a feature on every game. Uh, so again, we'll have to follow the story as it does continue to unfold. The beta is live right now. Who knows how long it actually lasts? Probably indefinitely for Fortnite, I would say. Uh, but again, hopefully this comes to Rocket League, to future Call of Duty and Battlefield games. I mean, imagine, guys. Take a step back and imagine. 
if on the launch day of Black Ops 4, you could play Blackout on Xbox One, on PC, and on PlayStation 4, would that not be absolutely insane? I'm just saying that's the point that I want to make. So, again, I will follow up with this story as more news does come out. But as for right now, guys, this is the beginning of the end of the console wars, which is something I never thought that I would ever see. But again, there's always going to be that healthy competition, if I do say so myself. Speaking of ways to separate one console from another, PS4 users get to select Red Dead Redemption 2 content, or excuse me, get select Red Dead Redemption 2 content 30 days early, and Red Dead Online supports 32 players, and we also have another significant piece of information that we'll dive into when we hit it in the story. And again, this is coming to us from rockstarintel.com, and it has been picked up by other sources. Uh, But again, there is a timed exclusivity agreement when it comes to the PlayStation 4 and Rockstar Games. So revealed today by PlayStation was the Red Dead Redemption 2 PS4 Pro bundle. On the back of the box posted by PlayStation, it says PlayStation exclusive, which we knew anyway. On the bundle, it also says timed exclusive for 30 days and then goes on to say for online content. We are aware uh, PlayStation users were getting exclusive content. This now confirms that PS4 users will be getting content 30 days early. Red Dead Redemption 2 will also require a minimum storage space of, get this, 105 gigabytes. So again, to recap that entire statement right there, You get 30 days exclusivity when it comes to some content within Red Dead Redemption 2. And on top of that, 105 gigabytes, 105 gigabytes of memory is required for Red Dead Redemption 2. And of course, say it with me, that is the 4K textures. Those are the 4K textures. So many textures. That rock's going to look good, though. The bundle also reveals that Red Dead Online will also support between 2 and 32 players. This is in the small white print on the box, which I would say is probably around, like, right here, also right here. But on the bundle, it also says, uh, timed exclusive for 30 days. Uh, we've already talked about all this. I need to scroll down more. And that, my friends, is the actual conclusion of the story. So what you have here is a big point, which is that you need to free up 105 gigabytes of space. Again, the game launches one month from today. Uh, so be sure to delete whatever games you aren't going to be playing and make room for Rockstar's next big game. Uh, but on top of that, timed exclusivity for content is becoming PlayStation's kind of go-to thing. I mean, we've seen it a lot in Call of Duty. We've seen it a lot in Destiny 2, and now we're seeing it with Red Dead Redemption 2, and it seems like they're kind of shifting away from having exclusive games and having kind of a closed ecosystem, so to speak, and more towards having this timed exclusivity agreement with a ton of various companies. Uh, So hopefully this isn't a trend that continues. I get it, though. You know, I understand where they're coming from. They want to really draw people into the PlayStation ecosystem, and they have to do that in some way that doesn't necessarily seem quite so underhanded, so to speak. However... I still don't like having this kind of content locked out from other portions of the gaming community. As Geronimo was saying in the chat earlier, uh, you do have the fact that tons of people on Destiny get a lot of content exclusively through PlayStation. And so whenever you are looking at that, I would love to see that for Xbox guys, for Nintendo Switch guys. If you want to talk about a game like Warframe, if there is any kind of exclusive content that could come to something like that in the future. I don't like having things locked out from specific portions of the community, so to speak. But again, I could rant and rave all day about that. Uh, So we'll have to see how it goes. But right now, number one, you can get a Red Dead Redemption 2 bundle with the, uh, of course, PlayStation 4 Pro included within it. But on top of that, 105 gigs of space is required on day one. And you are going to be getting a bit of a timed exclusivity agreement when it comes to Rockstar Games and Red Dead Redemption 2. So, we'll see how it goes, but I did want to let you guys know. However, if you don't have the cash to drop on Red Dead Redemption 2 or the online content that might be coming for it, 
you might want to check out PlayStation Plus for October because there are some relatively decent games in the lineup for the freebies for October which include the headliners of Friday the 13th and Laser League. October's PlayStation Plus lineup has little Halloween flavor included with it, but PlayStation Plus subscribers will get access to two very different competitive multiplayer games in October, Horror Game Friday the 13th and Retro Futuristic Combat Sport Laser League, both of which will be available on the PlayStation 4. Sony announced next month's PlayStation Plus games lineup in a post on the PlayStation blog today, leading with Friday the 13th, The Game, and Laser League, but that's not all. The PlayStation 4 owners will get access to in October. Thanks to a number of PlayStation Plus titles with cross-buy support, the rest of October's PlayStation Plus lineup is as follows. So for the PlayStation 3 guys, you get Master Reboot and The Bridge, which is also a cross-buy game with PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. On top of that, Rocket Birds 2 Evolution is the PlayStation Vita game of the month. And on top of that, 2064 Read Only Memories, which both are cross-buy with the PlayStation 4. PlayStation Plus subscribers can also download Here They Lie for the PlayStation VR through October the 2nd and PlayLink game Knowledge is Power, which requires a PS4 and a mobile device through November the 6th. And of course, uh, September's PlayStation Plus games were very much so more impressive than this. Of course, you had the launch of Destiny 2 Forsaken, and so they went ahead and just gave you the base version of Destiny 2 to try and get you into the game, to give you that free trial of Gambit to try and entice you to drop a little bit of cash. And on top of that, God of War 3 Remastered, and if those are still available if you did want those. I'd recommend those over the ones for October. But for those that are subscribers to PlayStation Plus, you get a lot of bang for your buck when it comes to the service, and this month is no different. Of course, kind of an unfortunate situation with Friday the 13th. For those that don't know what's going on with that game, they ran into some licensing issues, and essentially the game is not going to change in any way, shape, or form from its current state. The servers are going to be maintained, some back-end stuff is going to be kind of helped and bolstered up, but when it comes to changing the game in any kind of way, I have heard a quote that said they are not going to change one tree or rock. No more outfits, no more additional content, this is the game. And it kind of makes sense, because when you get that kind of agreement, you might as well give it away for free to get people playing the game, especially around Halloween. I'm just saying it's a pretty good time to do that kind of thing. Now, when it comes to Laser League, this is a game that I remember hearing a lot about right before it launched because it was marketed as the next big esport. That's kind of the way that everybody was talking about it. Now, when you look at the game, it's clearly not going to be something that's a massive esport. I'm quite sorry, it just isn't going to hit that kind of threshold. It's not going to be that kind of draw for a lot of gamers. However, as a free PlayStation Plus game, I've played it for about half an hour or so. It's pretty fun. Give it a shot. See if you like it. You might have a good time, especially if you do play with some friends. Uh, But when it comes to the standout game of the month, I would say without a doubt, uh, it's probably Friday the 13th. But again, tons of value packed in with PlayStation Plus, and not every month can include two AAA games like Destiny 2 and God of War Remastered. It just can't be that kind of thing. I'm sorry, you're not going to be getting that every single month. But sometimes... Boy, does it pay off. Man, those are good games. But for those that are fans of VR and don't have a PlayStation 4, but you do have a PC, you might want to check out the brand new Oculus VR headset, which is the Oculus Quest, and it's only 400 bucks, and it is a standalone VR gaming system. And of course, there is a full trailer in the article, which is linked down below, if you did want to check it out, but this one might draw some attention from those fans of virtual reality. But last May, Oculus released the Oculus Go. It was a $200 standalone headset that was designed to serve as a mid-range virtual reality solution. It's more accessible than the high-end Oculus Rift, which requires a capable computer and lots of space, but it's also higher quality than a truly cheap VR experience like the Gear VR, or you could be like me, and you just have the Google Cardboard. That's right, the Google Cardboard. But Go is meant to split the difference. 
Now, today's Oculus Connect 5 event in San Jose, Oculus unveiled a new product that builds on the Go's concept. Oculus Quest is the upcoming standalone VR headset. It's being billed as an all-in-one VR gaming system, and it's the proper announcement of the codenamed Santa Cruz project that has been in the works for years. Quest requires no external products to function. It is a self-contained inside the actual headset. Internal specs haven't been revealed yet, but Oculus says the resolution is 1600 by 1440 per eye, and Quest will ship with Oculus Touch controllers that will feature 6 degrees of freedom. It's expected to launch in spring of 2019 at a baseline price of 400 bucks for the 64 gigabyte model. Approximately 50 games are going to be supported at launch, but most importantly, Quest will be wireless and won't require any sensors. Oculus has already learned that the high barrier to entry is a proverbial brick wall for widespread adoption. If VR is going to truly take off, it needs to be as simple as slapping a headset on your face. No extra steps required. Go as a decent first step in that direction. Again, I'm partial to Google Cardboard, but Quest seems like a really great second step. And again, you can check it out for yourself. A pretty impressive piece of technology, if I do have an opinion on that one. So it's pretty neat to actually see what they're doing here. Of course, essentially, it's not going to be your Oculus Rift kind of experience. You're not going to be having these high-end AAA experiences. But when it comes to something that is basic and kind of rudimentary, this could be a fantastic way to really introduce somebody to the world of VR. I think that when it comes to the PlayStation VR, that's also a fantastic option if you do already have the hardware for it. Of course, the games on the PlayStation VR aren't what you would call in-depth experiences. You're not going to be getting the Oculus Rift style content on the PSVR 24-7. However, it is still a pretty solid way to introduce somebody, again, as I said, to the world of VR. Now, when it comes to this, 400 bucks gets you not only the headset, but the entire package. Uh, you get essentially a way to experience games that you've never experienced them before, and so that is a pretty cool idea. I mean, you see bowling, you see what appears to be archery, you see a whole bunch of different options here for what you can actually do when it comes to the headset. Uh, so again, if you guys want to learn more about what they announced today at their event, then the Oculus Quest link is again down below in the YouTube video description. But as for right now, a pretty impressive piece of technology that does kind of showcase what VR could become. Uh, now, I know that right now VR is kind of in a, a weird spot, if you will, because we just talked about it earlier this week where they were trying to get funding from both Mike or uh, excuse me to back up a little bit. Sorry, I got a little bit choked up. I'm just trying to think about the future of VR here because it's not looking so good. Uh, but essentially, whenever we're talking about VR, they were trying to get military funding at both Microsoft and also Magic Leap, I believe is what the other company was, uh, to kind of market their VR technology to a community that's not necessarily focused on entertainment. And so when you see this kind of backup plan coming up for VR headsets, it makes you wonder if AR, uh, augmented reality, and VR virtual reality are going to be going anywhere in the entertainment space. And I think that what you have here is the confirmation that it very well could. So again, this is all still very much so emerging, brand new kind of concept. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the long term of this. But right now, the Oculus Quest seems like a pretty awesome option for those that want to kind of dabble in the world of VR if you do get what I'm putting down. But again, I'm probably not going to try this one out for myself. If I were to ever buy any kind of VR headset, it would probably be the PlayStation VR just because it's the most affordable for me since I have the PS4 Pro and I could probably find some kind of headset on eBay for a couple of hundred bucks. But again, we'll see what happens with this one. Extremely exciting, though, to see how much VR has kind of been in the mainstream over the course of the past couple of years. But as Ducky says in the chat, no, you don't need a VR headset to actually watch the trailer. You did not. That would not really be a good marketing tool, I would say. However, for those that don't want to have any kind of VR whatsoever, Castlevania, a classic game, is coming to the PlayStation 4 specifically in two formats, Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood, and they're going to be exclusive 
pretty impressive stuff, especially considering we are right around that time of the year, which is Halloween. Booga, booga, booga. I can't believe I just did that. But Konami has announced Castlevania Requiem, a new bundle that brings two of the best entries in the series to the PlayStation 4, releasing exclusively for Sony's console on October the 26th. Castlevania Requiem will have Castlevania Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood in one package. In Europe, the bundle will be available for $19.99, and Konami has said pricing details in other territories will be revealed soon. Both games are the originals emulated for the PlayStation 4, with several updates that take advantage of the new hardware. Sony says on the PlayStation blog, this includes 4K and 1080p upscaling, multiple high-resolution backgrounds, different rendering options such as smoothing and full trophy support, which is very much so welcome in my opinion. But Requiem will also utilize the DualShock 4's analog stick for movement and the speaker to play sounds when you pick up an item. A little cool feature, but not one that I'm really a big fan of because I don't really like using my DualShock 4 as a speaker. Again, just my two cents. But GameSpot asked Konami about Castlevania Requiem's exclusivity and whether it was for a certain period. In a statement, a rep for the company said that as it stands, there are no plans to bring Requiem to other platforms as it is a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Of course, Symphony of the Night was released in 1999 for the original PlayStation and received widespread critical acclaim, becoming incredibly influential on game design, with modern titles such as Dead Cells and Hollow Knight drawing heavily from it. And of course, you can see that very much so evidently. But Rondo of Blood, meanwhile, was released for the PC Engine CD in 1993 and is also considered a standout title in the series and genre as well as one of the best PC Engine games. October 26th is going to be a pretty packed day for Castlevania fans, as along with the launch of Castlevania Requiem, Netflix will release season two of the animated Castlevania series, which again, is a very well-respected series, not something I was really expecting. But while the first season was directed by Addie Shanker, I believe is how you say that name, the second will be helmed by Sam Dietz, the character designer from the first season, and Shankar, however, is still an executive producer. Again, I don't know why they kind of devolved into the Netflix story here, kind of unrelated, but for those that are fans of classic Castlevania games, then October 26th is going to be a good day for you. Of course, these kind of uh, retro nostalgia-driven games have been kind of rising in popularity over the course of the past couple of years. In my mind, Axiom Verge, for some reason, kind of kicked off the drive to get back into this kind of retro gaming experience and re-explore these older games. And on top of that, you have Hollow Knight driving that kind of 8-bit, 16-bit classic arcade kind of platformer experience. I love all that stuff. So again, for those that are fans of the Castlevania Symphony of the Night or Rondo of Blood, you might want to check it out when it comes exclusively to the PlayStation 4 this October the 26th for around what appears to be 20 to 25 bucks and of course we don't have the official number for how much that is going to be costing but I'll let you guys know and that'll probably be a Twitter update that I'll go ahead and tweet out when we do have the official numbers Uh, but again yes we do have a a comment in the chat that says why did they devolve into the Netflix story because of that Netflix money because the Netflix money Not Monet like the painter, but like, you know what I'm saying. But moving on to an update from the couple of stories we've been talking about the past few days, which is the Telltale situation. And of course, if you don't know what's going on by now, go back and check out the other episodes of Cabinet or just in general, Google Telltale Games and see what you find. You might be shocked because it's not exactly great. But Telltale has pulled The Walking Dead's final season from sale. Following the studio's huge layoffs, the game's future is now up in the air. The Walking Dead, the final season, is no longer available to purchase on digital storefronts like Steam, the PlayStation Store, and GOG.com. Despite the second episode of a planned quarter, uh, quartet, excuse me, excuse me, 
Launching today, Telltale Games has reportedly asked retailers to keep customers from purchasing the full season pass in light of its uncertain future. A note on the GOG page for the final season says that Telltale specifically requested that the retailer pause sales of the game. Quote, Telltale has requested a temporary pause of all sales of The Walking Dead final season, according to the store page. For all up-to-date Telltale news, please refer to their official Twitter page. At the time of writing, Telltale hasn't tweeted anything about the suspended sales. Meanwhile, Steam, the PlayStation Store, and the Xbox Marketplace no longer have the option to purchase the final season either, instead linking to either a demo or basic information about the game. It's an unsurprising turn of events, they say at Polygon. Last Friday, Telltale laid off a majority of its staff, forcing the cancellation of most of its projects, including The Walking Dead's conclusion, but... We also have the, you know, cancellation of The Wolf Among Us 2, one that everybody was really looking forward to. And of course, tons of other projects. But Telltale tweeted Monday night that it was in talks with potential investors interested in finishing the project. Uh, news that left many ex-employees and Telltale fans furious that the original team wouldn't be the ones to see their work through. Of course, now you have a class action lawsuit. It's gotten messy. Not exactly the best kind of situation to actually, you know, deal with in the current situation. But they did update the story to say that Telltale confirmed in a comment to Polygon that season pass sales have been halted as the company discusses new development plans to finish out the series. Quote, yes, we have removed season passes for The Walking Dead, the final season, from stores for the time being, a rep told Polygon. We're currently still working to find a way to hand off production of episodes 3 and 4 so that the season can be completed. The outcome of those efforts will determine when and how the final season returns to stores, and we hope to have a firm announcement before the end of the week, but for now, we apologize for any convenience. And that is where it sits right now. Of course, it is a very unfortunate situation because, number one, you do have these people that have been kind of out of a job all of a sudden, and there has been no kind of, you know, uh, compensation for the fact that they just got laid off. Uh, no kind of, you know, uh, any, any kind of money or any kind of benefits that have been given, they're just jobless now and they have families to support and they have rent to pay and it's crazy uh, that they were just kind of abandoned and left out in the cold like that but on top of that we're also wondering what's going to be happening to a lot of their ips but on top of that specifically what you have going on with the walking dead because we've been following clementine's story for a very long time and this was going to be kind of the conclusion of that we were going to see what would happen to clementine and how her story would come to an end and right now we don't really have a conclusion but hopefully they will find a way to continue the story but for right Right now, the main focus should be on getting the employees the, you know, compensation they deserve, treating your people well. Because without these guys, we wouldn't have nearly the same kind of game development situation we have right now. The atmosphere around the gaming industry would be completely and totally different. So again, they need to take care of the people that developed these games to begin with before, you know, talking about what is to come. That's ridiculous. That's kind of out of order, if I do say so myself. But moving on to a continuing story that's kind of branching off, Telltale Games could have been saved by AMC and Smilegate Deal. But both firms reportedly pulled out the day before the studio was forced to lay off 90% of its staff. And this is pretty much the final nail in the coffin for Telltale, if you did want to call it that. I thought that I would let you guys know what exactly went on. The story of how Telltale Games collapsed last week continues to develop as new information suggests the developer was on the cusp of a partnership that could have prevented mass redundancies. Yesterday, it was reported that the firm's woes stemmed from the polled support of a single financial backer, as claimed by co-founder Dan Connors. However, Variety now reports that there were two other prominent firms involved that Telltale was hoping to work with. And, of course, that is essentially what ended up 
causing them to make this brash move, if I do say so myself. But sources have told the site that both Korean developer Smilegate and US TV firm AMC were in talks to invest in Telltale Games. The former is best known for online and mobile games, while the latter owns a variety of IP, including the rights to the Walking Dead television series. And of course, Telltale's Walking Dead games are actually based on the original Robert Kirkman comic books. But again, the audience wouldn't even know that if they were really talking about it, unless they're hardcore fans. So The Walking Dead is The Walking Dead, and AMC probably could have made a quick buck off of that. But it's unclear whether these negotiations centered around funding or potential projects, but the management reportedly told its employees on Thursday the discussions with AMC were going particularly well, and funding was expected to be confirmed within a few weeks. However, later that same afternoon, one of the companies is said to have backed out, followed by the other just hours later. Variety maintained that film production firm Lionsgate also pulled its support, having invested in Telltale back in 2015 and agreed to work on a super show that combined the studio's interactive storytelling with live-action footage. With both AMC and and Smilegate no longer interested in investing in Telltale, the studio was compelled to dismiss 90% of its workforce the following day, trimming down to a team of just 25 people that will finish the port of Minecraft Story Mode for, of course, Netflix, which is a very interesting project in and of itself. But the unexpected redundancies have landed the studio in legal trouble, as we have said, because there is now a class action lawsuit. And so what you need to know is that AMC and Smilegate are the reason that Telltale is dead. Just kidding. That's what they want you to believe. Uh, that is, if, if you really want to break it down, what was the final nail in the coffin, as I said, for Telltale. But really, they've been struggling for a while. As I kind of hypothesized a couple of days ago, I think they really kind of signed up for too much. Uh, and I don't think they had, you know, the the team to handle what they had actually signed on to do. Of course, many IPs and stuff like that have been contacting Telltale. Of course, we have Stranger Things, which was in development. Uh, but I just think they kind of had too much on their plate. And that's when it all kind of started falling apart again. And we'll be analyzing this for a very long time, but AMC and Smilegate pulled out, and it seems like that was what ended up doing in Telltale. And it is a very sad story. And of course, as Decky says in the chat, to be honest, their games are more watchable than playable for a lot of people, and I'm one of those people. I never really did get into playing Telltale games, and I suppose when it comes down to it, I'm part of the problem, because people just kind of didn't want to play Telltale games. They would rather watch somebody play them, or just watch them later on a YouTube playthrough. So again, a lot of issues here, a lot of stuff went into the closure of Telltale. But as I've said all week, it sucks that people have lost their jobs. That's really what it comes down to. I hate it when a game developer goes out and tries to make something that they are passionate about, tries to put their best work forward, and they do put their best work forward, but it just simply isn't enough. That's always a sad situation. Uh, so again, I will continue updating you guys as more info comes out about this story, particularly about the class action lawsuit. Uh, that's the one that is very interesting to me. But the final story of the day, which is much happier than the other ones, get a Last of Us Part 2 PS4 freebie, but you better hurry because it is a limited time deal. Ellie got a gun, and you can see it on the back of your PlayStation 4, but if your PlayStation 4 dashboard could use some freshening up, and you're eagerly waiting The Last of Us Part 2, Sony has some good news for you. For a very limited time between now and September the 27th, which is tomorrow, again, this is tomorrow, so you better get on it, you can get a brand new dynamic PS4 theme featuring Ellie from The Last of Us Part 2 for free. After that, the price goes up to $3. Three whole doll hairs, you better get on that, because that is way out of my league. I will tell you that right now. But a couple of other freebies are available as well, including wallpapers for your phone, tablet, or computer, and also available to iPhone users is a free set of 36 The Last of Us Part 2 stickers that you can grab via the link on the GameSpot, uh, uh, what do you call it, article as well. Almost said ad. 
which it sort of kind of is. They feature characters like Ellie, Joel, Riley, and even Clickers, and can be inserted in messages to your friends. So, you know, if you're if you're texting that hot girl from Tinder, if you're talking to your best friend, if you're even talking to your grandma, maybe, you, yes, you, could put a clicker in your message, and that would make you much more popular, without a doubt. But, of course, Naughty Dog also revealed a released revealed same thing a few other last of us items including a t-shirt poster and a vinyl copy of the original game soundtrack those aren't free but you can check them out on their official website of course the reason for the goodies is to celebrate outbreak day a fictional holiday commemorating september 26 2013 when the fungus reached critical mass and the government had to issue a national state of emergency which of course kicked off the series of events that you find in the world of the last of us uh so if you did want to learn more about the last of us part two tons of info out there tons of trailers etc for you to check out uh, but as for right now if you do want to pick up a free theme some stickers for your iphone on top of that some wallpapers for your various devices you can do that thanks to the guys over there at PlayStation. And again, you can find links for all this stuff in the article from GameSpot, which would be the last one on the list below the YouTube video if you did want to check it out. But that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinated. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. And if you did, be sure to drop me a like down below the YouTube video. If you are watching live, I appreciate you being here. And if you are listening on a podcast service later, I hope you did enjoy the show. And be sure to click that subscribe button or whatever button you need to click to get this delivered, developed, same thing, to your inbox every single weekday around 7 p.m. Eastern Time if you did want to check it out. But again, I love you guys very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Cavanate and peace.